Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. Hey there, and welcome to today's message. Today I'm going to be talking to you about a common misconception uh, that exists about divine healing. And that misconception is the idea that healing and miracles ceased in the first century with the death of the original apostles. This idea, which is called cessationism, has been around for a long time. It's not really new. The reason that some people believe healing and miracles have ceased is mainly because they haven't seen miracles happen themselves. After I became a a Christian, I was a cessationist uh, for many years. I didn't believe in healing or miracles. I'd never seen a healing miracle, um, never seen any supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And because I had never seen anything firsthand, never witnessed anything miraculous, uh, it was easy for me to believe that healing miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit had ceased. But a few years ago, I started seeing miracles and healing happen pretty regularly, and that made me rethink the way that I understood God. One of the foundational points of the belief that healing and miracles have ceased is the idea that once the canon of Scripture was collected and uh, was widely available, it was no longer necessary to have healing and miracles to confirm the preaching of the message of the gospel. This is a common belief, but it isn't found anywhere in the Bible itself. Contrary to this idea that healing would be a temporary uh, show of God's power during the first century, um, Jesus made it pretty clear to his disciples that he expected them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and proclaim the kingdom. And there was no suggestion at anywhere in the, in the Gospels or anywhere in the New Testament that healing would ever end. One of the arguments used by people who believe that healing has ceased is uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh. This isn't some straw man that I'm putting up as an argument. Actually, Paul's thorn in the flesh is one of the most hotly debated uh, issues in Christianity. And it refers to uh, Paul's commentary in 2 Corinthians 12. or He was talking about persecution in this chapter. And he wrote, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now, cessationists would argue that Paul's thorn in the flesh was some form of sickness that he asked God to remove, and God refused to do it. From this, they argue that God may actually want us to be sick for whatever reason. There are several problems with this line of reasoning. The first is that, as I mentioned earlier, um, sickness isn't actually discussed anywhere in this chapter. Paul was illustrating his teaching on persecution with a personal example, focusing briefly on the persecution he suffered because of the revelation he received from God. He wrote that in order for him to keep from being exalted too highly, 
God allowed Satan to send a messenger to harass him. Um, There is no mention of sickness. If you look at the Greek text here, the messenger that Paul referred to was not a form of sickness. The Greek word for messenger is typically translated angel. The obvious meaning of this passage would be that Satan sent a fallen angel or maybe a demon, and God permitted it to keep him humble. But there isn't any reason to believe that this passage supports the idea that God would not heal him of sickness. The other argument that's used against healing is the observation that sickness was present among early church leaders such as Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. Now, cessationists will point to the presence of sickness and say that, well, you see here, these people were sick, therefore God wasn't healing people. And that as the apostolic age came to a close, healing and miracles ceased. Well, let's look at what these passages actually say. The mention of Epaphroditus is found in Philippians chapter 2. Yet I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Now it's clear from this passage that Epaphroditus was indeed sick. But if you want to know whether healing had ceased, you should determine first if Epaphroditus was healed or not. So after describing his sickness in verse 27, Paul says, But God had mercy on him. Well, what did Paul mean by this comment? We don't know for sure, but the tone suggests that there was an unexpected outcome. Epaphroditus was sick, but God had mercy on him. The natural conclusion you would come to was that Epaphroditus was actually healed after his sickness because of God's mercy. Paul then writes that he sent Epaphroditus so that the believers in Philippi might rejoice when they saw him. Why would Paul send a friend to other believers who is nearly dead, thinking that it would cause them to rejoice? It doesn't make any sense. It's likely that Epaphroditus was actually healed. Now let's look at Timothy's illness, which Paul mentions in 1 Timothy chapter 5. No longer drink water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent infirmities. Now, in this brief passage, Paul notes that Timothy's infirmities were a result of drinking only water. We don't know the reason why the water he drank made him sick. It's possible that it was contaminated. It might have had some kind of bacteria in it that gave him an infection. But Paul's antidote was to have him drink a little wine. The infirmities weren't severe enough that they required healing. Paul simply tells Timothy, hey, drink a little bit of wine and they'll go away. It's simply a case of an older and wiser man instructing a younger one, to take some practical steps to avoid becoming sick. The New Testament doesn't actually show a decrease in the effectiveness of healing, as critics say that it does. The disciples were still healing all who were sick and demon-possessed, who came to them, which is recorded in Acts chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So in the book of Acts, 
after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples are still following the commission that Jesus gave them to go out, heal the sick, and cast out demons. In response to the argument that sickness in the church suggests that God wasn't healing anymore, I would like to make this observation. I know hundreds of people who successfully operate in healing today from all around the world. Just about every one of them suffers from some kind of sickness once in a while, including myself. The presence of sickness among a group of people doesn't prove that healing isn't also happening among them. Actually, in order for healing to occur, sickness has to be present. If healing ceased in the first century, then you have to explain why thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people a year, are miraculously healed, and those healings are attested to by their doctors. The last objection that I'd like to address here is the assertion from cessationists that healing was only intended as a means of supporting the spread of the gospel. While healing and miracles did support the spread of the gospel, that isn't their only purpose. Healing is a tangible demonstration of God's love, mercy, and compassion. It's a means of spiritual warfare against the kingdom of darkness. It is a way to make people spiritually, physically, and emotionally whole, and it brings people into a relationship with God. All of those things are still necessary in the modern era. Thus, healing has never ceased. If you're a believer, you can heal the sick too. All it takes is a little faith and a little practice. Thanks for joining me in this message. I'll catch you next time. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.